Good morning and welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan and joining me today is Susie. Hello. Oh, hello. And Craig. <laughs> hello. Why did I come last? <laughs> because everyone always complains about being last. <laughs> I don't think I ever complain, do I? You have mentioned it a few times. <laughs> um, now you've thrown me off my stride again. It's <laughs> <laughs> remarkably easy to do. Uh, so we have no email or feedback this month that I can see. Uh, I forgot to check iTunes, and I'm not going to do it now because it involves loading up a virtual box, which I can't, I'm not going to do. I've got a he- whole heading here for corrections with nothing in it. We've That's made good. no we made, errors. We didn't make <laughs> any mistakes, apparently. Nobody's alerted us uh, to our errors. Yeah, no one cares enough about our podcast to tell us when we're wrong. Right. So, notice board. New Zealand Skeptics Conference 2018. Craig, do it. Okay, so... Um, you're probably tired of hearing about it, but no, it, it, it is happening and the website is actually now up and ready to go and you can actually go and purchase tickets. Cool. Um, so Give us some uh, speaker spotlights or something. 18th. Oh, now, you need, now you're going to get me to open up a, a tab. Just tell us a few of the speakers that are coming. Is Susie well, speaking? What are you speaking about? No, Susan? she's not. I'm not no, speaking. she's not. No, we have silenced her. Um... <laughs> So yeah, it's no going to be at Butterfly Creek. So uh, we are having Ian Bryce coming from Australia. Uh, he is a uh, sceptical investigator. He's been doing investigations uh, for the Australian sceptics for many years. Um, so that'll be exciting to hear him speak. He's got a lot of, lot of knowledge and a lot of historical uh, things to tell us about. Um yes. Uh, uh, in fact, Susie would be help. much better to tell us about this because <laughs> she was the one who organised the speakers. There you go, Susie. Okay, so we're going to have Dan Hikaro talking about um, kind of different ways of, of knowing and some of the amazing, I guess, scientific knowledge that has come out of um, kind of, I guess, investigations by uh, by Māori. Um, we're going to talk about the myth. Uh, debacle and have Russell Brown come and and oh and there's me I've forgotten his name now and the scientist who uh, was basically raising the alarm bells several years ago about them right I can't remember his name sorry um what else we're going to have we're going to have uh sort of discussions about the space race and we're going to have um which may well lead into was that the housing um, crisis in Auckland <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, we've got Kathleen Campbell, who's a um, astrobiologist, talking about um, life on other planets. Um, all sorts of really cool stuff. Really cool. Lots yes, of, it sounds lots of interesting. Things sounds quite exciting. And give us the dates again, just as a reminder. Sixteenth uh, to the eighteenth of November, Nathan. So, when are you planning on coming up? Um. I'm thinking about it. I have to sort of figure out if I can organise the money or not. Well, uh, the actual conference itself is remarkably uh, cheap. Uh, okay. So it's $160 for the weekend for waged persons and $120 for the weekend if you're an unwaged person. Yeah. W- which category are you in? I'm unwaged. Oh, well, there you go. It's pretty good. Yeah. 120 <laughs> 
uh, and seventy five dollars for the Saturday dinner. Yes. Well, I'll uh, I'll let you know. See okay. What I can do. It's right. actually also just turns out it's the exact same weekend as board games by the bay, which I usually come up for as well. So right. there you go. Two Pick birds and, and one, one stone. Well, no, I can't go to both of them. You can come well, to one you can go to you can go to you can go yeah. to the board games on Saturday night since yeah. you don't want to come to the dinner. Well, I didn't say I didn't want to go to the dinner, but okay. <laughs> well, you could eat in McDonald's for ten bucks versus seventy five yeah, bucks yeah. at the dinner. That is correct. Anyway, so that's on. Everyone should go. I will try. Uh, maybe we'll have some sort of a live recording or something. You guys haven't scheduled that, have you? No. no. Well, we could no. do that. No, but we could certainly do that. Okay. We'll talk about it later. Cool. <laughs> no other announcements? Anything else coming up? Oh, there's the Humanist uh, Conference very, very shortly. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. But we can maybe talk a little bit more about that in New Zealand, perhaps. Okay, cool. Uh, and Les oh, Mis. Yes. yes. Les Mis is on in New Plymouth at the moment. It's fantastic. Highly recommend it. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I'm involved. What, what part are you, Nathan? Me? I'm Stage Alex, which means I run around with extension leads and smoke machines and I push the button on the big foot. Okay, so, so nobody's going to see you on no stage. No one's going to see me on stage. No. Well, that's sort of the idea, okay. anyway. If you do see an arm <laughs> during the during the scene with all the fog, it might be my arm. But if I'm doing my job <laughs> right, you you won't. Um, you do need more fog if you can see your arm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So news. Gwyneth Paltrow's goop is getting a fact checker. Which is just yeah. hilarious. Um, <laughs> Goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's website where she sells, let's say, questionable um, products. Susie sounds like she wants Possibly to say even something. dangerous products Indeed. like her jade eggs uh, that women are supposed to put into their vaginas to help, I don't know, do something amazing. Muscles or something. Um, rather than give them an infection. Yeah. Um, but it's also, so they sell loads of bullshit. But they also obviously um, uh, they they I mean it's like a, a site where people can also talk about all or write about all of the amazing things that they do. So they've had the people who um, are I mean lots of it is centered around vaginas. I must say uh, there's the steaming um, of vaginas, which was also something that um, is dangerous. Uh, but yes, there's a whole bunch of bullshit. Um, and yes, yeah, so apparently they're now going to have a fact checker. And honestly, that person's going to have their job cut out for them. Or it's managed to... <laughs> just a, um, a complete rubbish job that they don't actually expect them to do anything at all. Well, or it'll be someone who just that. puts a big tick on everything. So there's there is that. various options. But it's, it's interesting because uh, this week was also articles in various places, including in The Guardian, about... Um, the relationship between Goop and Condé Nast, who yeah. are a publisher who were supposed to partner with Goop to publish their magazine. But they basically uh, <laughs> decided to end the relationship when um, they 
obviously the the publisher wanted to fact check all of the articles and it yeah. turned out uh yeah okay yeah. <laughs> uh, wouldn't be much left that. in the article yeah, yeah. well so in fact it wasn't it only had there were two editions and i think they mostly ended up having to be travel features because <laughs> that was the only thing they could actually um fact check <laughs> uh, so it's kind of interesting that that it's happened this week with these statements being made about why their relationship broke down and now suddenly they need a fact um, checker Coop is going to get a fact checker yeah but yeah, the question is whether with the fact checker they will still. Yeah, are they? St- is it just a? Yeah, as you say, just a, a veneer. Just putting a veneer over the bullshit, and go. Oh, mm. but they've got a fact checker. Yeah. But yeah. Well, we'll soon know whether that person is going to be fact checking. The other interesting. And maybe they can fact check, but it doesn't matter. They can still just publish it. <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Well, interestingly, you should say that because earlier this year, the website began labeling their articles, including old articles and they had something along the lines of about five categories where i think the top one was supported by science and the lowest tier was for your enjoyment (laughs) so they're all going to be for your enjoyment now are they (laughs) i guess so yeah um i I, I haven't got that in front of me here but i can um i should go and have a look yeah tell me what the um what those categories actually were because um it's quite funny so, yeah, like all these old articles where they're talking about, you say, steaming your vagina and putting jade eggs up there. And um, and then they went back retroactively and relabeled all of those old articles, probably mostly as for your enjoyment. Yes. Um, so I wonder if you could claim your money back if you had purchased. Huh, yes. Um, I think one. Oh, of the, okay, so yeah, one it. of them is speculative but promising. That's it. Yep. Uh, let's have a look. No, it just lets you. Just tells you what it means. So speculative but promising means there's momentum behind this concept, though it needs more research to elucidate exactly what's at work. Uh, Which probably will be the catch-all for all of it. Speculative yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's the atheist article about it, and he says. For your enjoyment, ancient modality, speculative but promising, supported by science, and rigorously tested. It's clearly bullshit, right? So there's an article here that's on complementary and alternative approaches to boosting fertility, Mm -hmm. something of which there is essentially no evidence for the stuff they're talking about, and that's called speculative but promising. So I think they're going to use the speculative but promising label for most things if they can't get away with calling it science. I think someone... Yeah, sounds like wishful thinking. I think someone was saying that the jade egg came under ancient modality. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on to something else, shall we? So, oh, this is the water on Mars. They think they might have found liquid water on Mars. Does anyone else read this? Uh, yes. Liquid water lake revealed on Mars. Researchers have found evidence of an existing body of liquid water on Mars. Uh, they believe it to be a lake under the planet's south polar ice cap. has about 20k across. Um, which is pretty pretty amazing, I guess. Mm. Um, the, yeah. Yes, very cool. But they're bit, then they jump in towards the end of the article speculating about um, whether there would be life. Oh, there. okay. Well, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> a possibility too. 
So while the findings suggest water is present, they don't confirm anything further. We're not any closer to actually detecting life. Uh, but this does give us a location of where to look, which is a good point too. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty exciting that um, they've managed to find that. But so previously they yes, had in- signs that there was intermittent water, and I think we pretty much confirmed that there was ice on Mars. Does that sound right? Well, I think they've confirmed that in the past there has been liquid yeah. water, um, but the lack of an atmosphere means that uh, uh, most of its it water is locked up in ice. just evaporates. Or locked up in ice. It does have yeah. ice. So we do know that there's yes. ice on Mars, and we do know that there was water on Mars. And now we've found an actual underground lake. Yeah, lake. fantastic. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, that's okay. pretty cool. This might be a short episode. Uh, Craig, electric car update. You're getting the firmware update, are you? Well, maybe, maybe. Yeah, so the, the ongoing saga of my electric car, so we talked about it in previous episodes, um, where there was a, um, the, the flip the feet um, organisation was collecting data each month from people's um, electric car usage and the, the state of health of their battery and it was noticed that the that those people with thirty kilowatt an hour, thirty kilowatt hour batteries uh, seemed to be having battery degradation that was quite a lot faster than their twenty four kilowatt hour batteries, and so this uh, sent up a lot of alarm in the in the um, in the community because basically the the range that you can get out of your car is dependent upon the the state of health of the battery, which basically determines how much. Uh, how much energy it can store. Um, So that was reported to Nissan early in the year, um, and there was basic silence from Nissan for quite some time, but eventually they came out and said that they were issuing a firmware update, so a software patch, um, which would um, supposedly correct a problem in the firmware that was causing misreporting of the uh, state of health of the battery. Uh, so th- the effect of that, what seems to be, is that the battery management system in the car was reporting the state of health being lower than it actually was, and that uh, th- the car would basically say you'd run out of charge bef- before you actually had, and so there was still energy available in the battery to to allow you to drive further. Um, so it puts you, it puts you into, and, a, into a low power mode or something. A bit yes, I, I've never personally experienced that um, because we've never driven it so far that we're actually um, out of charge. Um, but yes, it goes into um, a very low battery warning mode and it's apparently called turtle mode where um, the performance of the car <laughs> is greatly, greatly reduced in order to uh, conserve battery power. Um, so anyway, so they've uh, um, so Nissan in New Zealand have not been any help. Um, they because because they've not actually sold the cars new in New Zealand. So all of the cars that are in New Zealand have actually been imported either from Japan or from um, the UK. Uh, and it's a bit a bit of a murky situation. Um, so Nissan aren't going to apply this patch, but there are some. In, there is an independent company who is offering this patch. Uh, and 
uh, and so from the from the testing they've done on a limited number of cars that they've applied it to, it uh, basically restores the state of health um, quite a lot and depended upon how badly it was reduced um, in the first place. Um, so my, my car, me personally, um, as a current state of health, it's measured as 87%. Um, and according to the little graph that they've got in their article, that would then boost my state of health up to 94%, uh, which is, uh, sounds like a much more appealing number to me. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, there's, um, I, personally, there's, there's no rush for me to apply this. Uh, we use the car, but pretty much around the city and we can generally do several trips a day, quite long distances in Auckland on a single charge. Um, so we, we probably can get easily 140, 150 Ks range out of the car at the moment. Um, so applying this update may well get us up to sort of 170, 180 Ks. Um, so yeah, we, we, we certainly don't need it and I would be uh, cautious and uh, happy to let lots of other people have the patch applied before I go and uh, get it applied myself. And of course there is a, there is a cost to oh, it. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, so uh, the the company is charging uh, two hundred and fifty dollars plus GST to uh, to apply the patch. That's not too bad. And apparently, it's quite an quite an involved process. But um, yeah, if if you were if you were in the category of um, having seen um, major deg degradation of your battery, um, then yeah, this would sort of restore your peace of mind. Uh, I I still don't actually understand what the actual uh, underlying. Um, explanation for it is as to why some people have had um, large degradation like some people are down below 80 percent whereas others have had much more uh, gradual degradations sort of being down around the early 90s or well, late it 80s to do with, so yeah it's, with driving it's kind of distance or driving longer distances versus shorter distances or something like that and the soft the software yeah, sort of doing a know. calculation based on how much you're driving yeah, well, who knows? Who knows? knows? But anyway, if it, if it corrects if it corrects the problem, I think uh, this is a good thing, and um, hopefully it'll restore confidence in um, it, that has yep. been lost a little bit. Um, but yes, it would be nice if uh, Nissan New Zealand actually uh, stepped in and took some responsibility. I can kind of see their point of uh, view though, because you effectively parallel imported your car, and they they're not. Yes, indeed. They don't want to. They don't yeah. want to set a precedent of. Um, of having to look after customers that they never from. actually exactly. received any profit from. Yeah, but it's this classic thing of why are you parallel importing? Because they don't yeah. produce them here. Yeah, they won't yeah, sell them. Too. So and 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 there is the bigger picture of the of the the brand yeah. image. Yeah, exactly. Um, that if they actually stepped in and and said, "Look, we'll help PR. you out," then that would be yeah, it would be very good PR. Yes. Cool. Oh, good to know. So anyway. uh, I guess the next update will be you've you've applied it and the car's completely bricked, and you can tell us all about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that that would be one worry, obviously. And so uh, on the on the Facebook group, I did ask what assurances, guarantees, warranties, etc., were being offered um, by applying the patch that it wouldn't brick it, and so they they do have a backup plan in that, that they've got um some spare some spare batteries okay. and systems that 
if the worst thing happened, they could take out the battery so out could of the re- car they could and reinstall it. the system and replace it with another one. Yes. Cool. All yeah. right. Yeah. So next. Anyway, I see what happens. You, Susie, is it? Ken Ham's knickers in a twist yes. again. We're always happy when Ken Ham is yeah. not happy. <laughs> I think this is a bit of a record, actually, because isn't this the first time that Susie's actually Might talked be. about Ken Ham? I mean, she's joined in the conversation, I'm sure. <laughs> I think this is a an article I, well, I just posted a while back. Is, yeah, exactly. This is an an article that um that Nathan posted. I just thought was kind of interesting that uh yeah Ken Ham is upset again because of uh, his definition of um. Families being one you man mean the and one Bible's woman. Definition, Susie. Because well, the Bible, yeah, but <laughs> his, his definition, definition of the Bible's too, definition. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yes. Anyway, uh, because a Canadian court has just ruled that a uh, that three people living in a polyamorous relationship can all be the legal parents of uh, a child. So this is a woman who's living with two men, um, and she has had a child, and both men. Um, can be the round parents. of applause for fucking Canada. Cool. <laughs> yes, right. Um, yeah, so they can basically all be legally recognised as parents, and that's a good thing. And so, is one of them the actual biological father? Doesn't say that in the article. I don't think. <laughs> Does not say. The only the only Does question I say. have about this is, I wonder how it affects things like. Um, databases, the tax databases, and and what have you, where these things need to be linked together. Is it going to be a huge rewrite of of you know a whole bunch of databases across the government? Well, well if it I, if it does, then there clearly needs to be some. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, it's just right? it's, I mean, it is a big deal for that as get well. With the times. Um, and once it's been done, obviously, then other cases, or I guess it won't be cases, it'll just be people registering um, multiple parents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's because they went to register the birth of the child and were told that only two parents yeah. could be listed. And so now more than two parents. And of course, Ken Ham criticizes the judge's ruling, saying it was not in the child's best interest, which just. Mm. Even at a cursory thought, seems well, completely wrong. Like, it just seem, it yeah. just seems yeah, completely right. wrong because if two parents is good, yeah. is better than one parent, then surely three parents is better than two parents, right? <laughs> you got more. <laughs> no, well, there might be an yeah. optimal number. You get more supervision, you get more affection, more love, more presence. Maybe not more presence, I don't know. Um, you know what I mean? It just, it just seems logical. It takes. takes Takes a village to raise a child. To say it. Um, <laughs> Unless that village is Gloryvale. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just the whole concept. I know everyone is always going on and on about it. It's an old, an old thing, but the whole concept of the Bible says one man and one woman. When, if anything, that's the least common stated arrangement of families in the Bible. It's, you know, one man and yeah. 300 concubines or it's one man and seven <laughs> wives or, you know, just take your pick. It's just, it's not mm. biblical at all. Ah, but this is one woman and two oh, men. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, you can't have that. <laughs> no, fantastic. 
uh, he, he he definitely gets his knickers in a knot over the idea of um, gender oh, versus sex. That that people can can choose their gender mm. versus supposedly biologically are they, determined. Are they choosing sex. their gender per se, or is it a gender that they that they identify with for whatever reason? Anyway, yeah, yeah, we well, we know we know yeah, what you meant. Yeah, well. They, well, that, that, yeah, that's what I mean yeah. by choosing, I suppose. Yes, um, choosing to label yeah. themselves as the gender yeah. they identify with, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> one of the most ridiculous things I've seen uh, commented on was um, was that okay? Well, if somebody feels like a woman, uh, then then they said, well, ha- how do they know what women uh, feel like? Point. <laughs> they, yeah. Be a woman. What exactly. does it feel like to be a woman, Susie? Com- compared to what it feels like to be a man. You see, we have no context. Yes. Either. yes. Okay. Um, so I would say um, imagine always being talked yeah. over. Um, Actually, imagine... that's something important to, to interject. <laughs> Sorry, to... My, Your point's never being, <laughs> never being taken seriously until somebody else says what you said, generally a man. Um, you know, Craig, what you were saying about women's... <laughs> and so forth. We love you, Susie. <laughs> Don't be patronising, and, and Oh, that was that patronising shit. Sorry. Anyway, moving on. Yes. Okay, so no interview. Pub talk. We have two pub talk topics. Craig, tell us about the climate change denialists that have changed your mind with their clever arguments. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, occasionally, as chair of New Zealand Skeptics, people uh, contact us and um, say weird things. Um, and so one of... <laughs> there's, a, there's a broad statement. Um, so one one of the um, emails that I received was from a guy who I'm fairly certain I've actually had the same argument with before, mm. but uh, he, he obviously um, climate change is his hobby horse, um, and so he basically says why why don't New Zealand skeptics be skeptical of climate change? To which I replied that well um, we have. Uh, put out a statement that says we are following the consensus of scientific opinion. Um, and and then so he replied and, and said uh, uh, um, um, that he wanted he wanted evidence. Um, I thought you were all skeptics. That kind of thing. Yeah. And, and so um, he came back and said, um, given your non-skeptical gullible views, I'm not surprised you are unwilling to enter into a debate. Uh, you have, in effect, admitted that you cannot provide any convincing evidence. Um, it Is does make me sad to learn. What you said? Well, he wanted no, to the... come. He wanted to come and speak at the conference, and we yes. said, "Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. yes." He wanted yes. to come and speak at the conference, and Craig said, uh, "We actually have already got our speakers, but even if we didn't have our speakers, here's our position yeah. as the New Zealand yeah. skeptics on climate change." And that was like putting a red rag to a bull. <laughs> if bulls really are attracted by red rags, which, which they I can't remember, probably are. I don't think so. They're not. No. no. <laughs> it's wavy movement they are. Yes. Yeah, thank you for providing that context. So, yes, yes uh, uh, in the end, I said, frankly, I find your suggestion that climate change global warning could be pe- 
perpetuated as a hoax to be preposterous. The position only seems to be supported by those with a vested interest in maintaining the status quo, for example, the fossil fuel industry, to, make, to name one example. Um, and yes, so he he came back with a whole bunch of stuff and he also CC'd um, a list that he belongs to. So that then caused other people oh, really? to email me. Oh, no. <laughs> RIP your inbox. And so, well, it wasn't too bad, but um, but then one guy came back he sent me a Word document that contains the most ridiculous claims in it um, that are that are sort of easily refuted. Um, one of the laughable ones is that um, he says um, there's a lot of CO2 in the atmosphere that is false. Um, and so, yes, the, the amount is truly tiny. It's 400 parts in a million, or one in 2,500. If you pay $25,000 for a new car, then 400 parts in a million comes down to just $10. This is their argument against... He's he's trying to say that, well, the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere is absolutely tiny by analogy with the the proportion of the cost of a car. I don't see how that's relevant at all. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Yeah, don't mind me. So, and, and the first first one says um, temperatures are continuing to rise. Um, false. Uh, and then he goes on to say that between 1950 and 2017, the average global temperature increased by 0.85 percent. That's less than a, a degree in almost 70 years, if you prefer. Um, the equivalent of one degree in just over 82 years. For most people, a sudden change of one degree would be too small to notice, let alone spread over their lifetime. Well. Well, so what? It's still rising. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on about um, CO2 being a dangerous pollutant, um, that we all die if we didn't have CO2. Um, yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, anyway. And so in the end, what I did was I sent them two links. The first one was to um, a video that you might have seen where uh, it shows... Um, it's, it's a circular graph that shows the average temperature in various countries over the last century. And it starts out being sort of back in the early 1900s as being sort of yellow and it, it pulses up and down with the different seasons and so on. And towards and by the end of the video, all of the color bars are turning red because the average temperature over that time has, has, has risen um, so that most... Most countries are now experiencing record temperatures. Um, to take take the UK for example, it was thirty eight degrees in London the other day. Mm. Um, it's pretty yeah, hot. Just, uh, yeah, pretty hot. Um, and I also sent him the XKCD cartoon that shows a graph across the last twenty thousand years of all the sort of significant events in history and showing where what the the average temperature was at that time. And the graph is quite amazing in that it, it sort of shows all these sort of variations over the last few thousand years um, and, and what the temperature was at various historical events. And then right at the end of the graph, it's showing the last 50 years where there's this curve that's showing this sort of marked, uh, unprecedented sort of rise of, of the average global temperature and, and also what the predicted um, predicted temperatures will be based upon sort of uh, if we all stopped um, emitting CO2 today, which would be the sort of most optimistic 
approach, then it would kind of level off and 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 versus the the likely event and the and the worst case thing. And and basically, with the worst case, it was going to send the the temperature up sort of four degrees in the next hundred years, um, which would be completely unprecedented. Yeah, and very bad for the world. Mm. Wow. So well, yeah. Well done, you. Anyway, crazy stuff. Yeah. But they haven't replied. Oh, really? I'm surprising. <laughs> they haven't, yeah. they haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised. They have not replied. You've got to give them time to gather their, gather their scholarly articles and research sources to to debunk to to yeah to debunk your um your arguments. Well, yes, mm. yeah. So anyway, the next thing I doubt whether they'll change their mind. You don't think? Of course, they won't. No. So the next thing to pub talk about is Placebo's Alternative Medicine and Interview on Radio Live. Uh, I was going to say I assume that's Susie, but actually maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was Craig. No, no it was me. No you did, was a, me. You did, a, Tell me. did an interview recently. Yeah, so, um, yeah on um, Radio Live. On, on Radio Live on Thursday morning. So I got an email um, saying they wanted somebody to uh, talk on their, their talk back Um so it was on the Mark Sainsbury show. So I had to listen beforehand. I kind of uh, got all all nervous. <laughs> as oh, I Mark do. Sainsbury's lovely. He's yeah, really nice guy. Yeah, no, no, it seems good actually. Um, I'm actually I actually had to listen to his listen to his show before um, before I actually got interviewed, which is good because it provided me with quite a lot of context. Um, and he's actually seems to be quite quite sceptical. But he was talking mm-hmm. about um, the the placebo effect. And the fact that um, a, a lot of um, that homeopathy kind of works by placebo, and, and is there any anything wrong with it if, if that's the case? Um, so, I mean, it's t- typical sort of kind of talkback stuff, and that he's presenting um, perhaps controversial opinions and getting and soliciting people's feedback yeah. to try and get them to to ring up and talk about their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, it was actually interesting that most of the people who called were actually pretty rational, um, uh, except for one guy who called in whose voice I recognized, and he's actually a physiotherapist at Oakley, and I recognized his voice, and uh, he he related the story about how he had a, a tear in his, I think it was his labral muscle. Um, a tear? A, a tear in his... A tear. <laughs> Sorry, a what? Tear. Did, uh, Sorry. Are you are you are you Sorry. criticizing my pronunciation? <laughs> a tear. T e a r. Hang yeah, on, that, that doesn't help. Like, it doesn't help. That sounds even more like the the tear that comes from your eyes, not a tear. A bit tear. Oh, hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on. They're spelt the same. I know, but they're pronounced differently. Well, no, depends, not. depends what no. uh, dialect you, you're using. Okay. <laughs> In my dialect, they're pronounced differently. I, I, oh, wow. I knew, yeah, I knew what you meant, Craig. Okay, so he had a tear in his muscle. <laughs> he had a rip. Oh, I don't know he had a, say that he had a rip in his muscle. <laughs> he had a rip. He had a rip. He had ripped muscles, <laughs> <laughs> which is something completely different. Um, and so apparently he wasn't getting any better, and so he found out about um, this a uh, practitioner on the North Shore who uh, would inject him with um, saline and glucose. And he had three of these injections at a cost of $300 each. 
Ow, and what? Three, With sugary water? That's yeah, outrageous. And, and three months later, he was all cured. And so <laughs> this was the basis of his belief that um, sometimes things that don't make any sense work. An actual um, physiotherapist. Yeah. So, wow. so, so remember last month we talked about the talk that I went along to? Yes. Was it, was it well, the same he, guy? He was sitting next to me, ah. yes. Ah. Yes. Right. Did he uh, figure out who you were when he was ringing in or not? Uh, well, he rang in before I did. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, so so he just rang up um, unsolicited, whereas they called me. Yeah. <laughs> they called me. Yeah, yeah, you're very important. <laughs> so they just sort of wanted you to come on and give the, the party line yeah, so point of view. So, um, so I... Uh, it was interesting, actually, because the perception that Mark had of what we would say um, was, I think, slightly inaccurate. He thought that we were going to just completely poo-poo, um, poo-poo homeopathy. And so basically what I communicated was that that homeopathy is working um, by placebo. And uh, the whole point is that if you test homeopathy, you find that it's no better than placebo, but it's not that it doesn't have any effect yeah. at all. It's just, it has nothing. It doesn't have any effect. That's any better than if you didn't, than if you just took I mean, a you could pill. argue that it doesn't actually have any effect. It's what's having an effect is the yeah. placebo effect, but yeah. yes, carry on. Yeah. So, the, so the, the point I got across was that it's, it's, it's all very well to use these placebos, but the danger is if people actually then go and put stock in homeopathy rather than going and seeing a doctor and, and actually find, finding out whether there's something yep. serious, um, that uh, they've got cancer or something like that, that obviously um, these placebo-based uh, remedies will not have any effect on. Um, so, yeah, that, that actually... She went quite well, I think. Um, so I think I got some good points in. Um, and interestingly, later on in the hour, they had a representative of the medical council call and um, give give a very good account of the um, medical uh, understanding of what happened to this guy's yeah. arm. Um, in that uh, these things heal right. up naturally, and it probably would have healed. Um, yes. Anyway, <laughs> so which was at odds with what he was claiming. He was claiming that uh, he was never going to get better, but yet this injection of um, glucose water into his muscle fixed him. So how long did they give you to talk? Um, I think I was on for about five minutes. Oh, okay, um, not long. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, no, no, but it was it was a decent decent uh, go at it. Enough for you to get. Um, I think uh, one of the last questions he asked me was um, whether whether um, people whether these practitioners truly believe what they're saying or whether they're just um, in it for the money. And, and I said that, that it's impossible to tell and that, um, in my opinion, um, these people are generally true believers. Yeah. Um, the only thing I, I tend to add to that is that there's no reason for them not to know the truth. There's all the research, all the, all the evidence is all out there. So at the very best, it's willful ignorance. Hmm. Um, if you if you claim to be a true believer in these modalities, but anyway, um, cool. Yeah, so. this, is, this has just sent me down a little thing. I'm kind of interested in this um, injecting um, injecting sugar water. Glucose. Oh yeah, and I found a systematic review. Uh, oh, okay. That looked at it. Does it say um, that injecting glucose is really well, good and you should do it? 
and that it should cost 300 bucks a pop. No, it doesn't. Uh-huh. But it does say there is some evidence for some things. Ooh. But not others. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, so it's sort of interesting. I'm... Uh, but it's <laughs> there's a lot in here, and the problem is that it's sometimes not just sugar water. There's it's sugar water plus other things. Uh, so how you tease apart whether it was the sugar water or whether it was the other like lidocaine and stuff like that. So sometimes right. they put other things right. inside of it. Anyway, but it, there's a big study, or this this one is a is a meta study of lots of other studies. Sure. Um, so hmm. okay. so there may well be something. But again, this is what kind of irritates me. This person may well be offering this as an expensive treatment based on some stuff they've read, of which there is some evidence, but they may well be offering it for things that there is no evidence for, which yeah. seems to be what happens. Promising but speculative. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, no, no. Oh, we should just do this every everything we talk about now. We're going to categorize it. Um, cool. So that was Pub Talking Woo Zealand. Uh, Wellington Paranormal, spoiler free. How's it going, guys? <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. It's very funny. Funny. It's, it's funny. That's not a spoiler. Keep going. No, I, oh, I no, think it's, it's very good. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's very tongue in cheek. Um, <laughs> the, the, the episode last Wednesday was was uh, very good in that they had. Um, uh, um, oh, you, sorry. Well, okay. Spoiler alert. Have you not seen no, it? No, I haven't seen it. I'm waiting for it to finish so I can watch it all in uh. one go. Like oh, every well, normal person. Well, too bad for you. No, too bad you, for you. No, 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 because I have to edit this podcast. Well, I have no, to don't, well, don't do any spoilers. Just for those who don't know about it. Yeah. This is the um, the kind of follow up to what we do in the shadows, which was the uh, mockumentary about documentary about um, the vampires living in Wellington and their interactions with the werewolves. Um, this is now about the. Special units of Wellington police <laughs> who deal with all the paranormal goings on in Wellington. It's it's, it's quite hilarious. It sounds funny. I definitely am it going to watch it, but there's no it's point in downloading silly. a single episode and then watching that, and then downloading another episode and watching that. If I can just wait and download them all in one go. Right. Do we know how many okay. episodes there are going to be? No, no, no idea. It's been. A few, I don't personally know, but it's been no. a few weeks. It must be nearly done. No, well, they've only had three so far. Okay. I, I have this number six in my mind, but I don't know whether it's based on anything. Six is six is pretty typical for sort of UK New Zealand TV shows. Maybe ten. Modern yeah, modern well, shows seem to be doing I don't ten. Know. Um, anyway, um, non non spoiler alert. Um, the, the the I see that they're advertising sensing murder <laughs> in the ads during the show. Really? Oh yeah. my god! See, I wouldn't know because I don't watch ads. Well, I generally try and avoid them, but yeah. um, so I, when I watch the show, I pause it live and then I fast forward through yeah, the yeah. end. So. Okay. Cool. Okay, so watch <sighs> that, and uh, we might do a, a spoilersy review of it once we've all seen it, maybe. Yeah, yeah well, hurry up. Well, <laughs> well, you could watch three episodes, Nathan. Yeah, but then I have to wait like oh, six weeks before I terrible. watch the next episodes. Stupid. Yeah, terrible. Stupid. You can't watch TV like that. They're not, they're not really related from one week to the next. No, I suppose. So they, but... they are sort of independent. All right, I'll see what I can do. If I do get a chance to watch the first lot of episodes, we can do it next month. Talk about it so far. Uh, okay. Item two, Woo Zealand. Humanists denied visas to come to New Zealand for conference. What the fuck? 
Yeah, this is really, really sad. So uh, pretty much at the same time as all these, well, all these, the two bloody um, hate speech people get their visas to come. Yeah. Um, so what's happening is that the um, International Humanist and Ethical Union is meeting at uh, the beginning of August in New Zealand, in Auckland. In Auckland? I think it's in Auckland. Um, yes. And so this is a this is basically an international group. The New Zealand humanists are... Well, this is the humanist conference we talked about earlier. Yes. Yeah, so, this, so, yes. so the New Zealand humanists are part of this group. Um, and this group have... Uh, so they want obviously are going to like because it's an international meeting. They have got humanists from all around the world to come. They've also been giving um, giving travel awards to uh, some amazing sounding people who um, are, you know are humanists in in all sorts of countries. And so New Zealand humanists have been trying for several months to get to help people get their visas to come. And it's just been absolute nightmare. So they've just heard another one of the speaker. Well, yes, another one of the attendees. Um, I think she's twenty-two from Uganda, and she um, she does some amazing stuff around sex education and things. She's been denied a visa because they basically say, "Well, you've never been to an event like this before." She's twenty-two and from Uganda, uh, and they, I think, guess they're worried about them staying. And this is like <laughs> visitor visas, right? I want to come to your country and yeah, visit for a while and then go home. Not, they want to come for like 10 days to come to the conference. Yeah. So this is not even a tourist visa. This is a conference visa. And uh, they're being denied. So is it a different thing with different rules, maybe? They're being denied because of racism. They're being denied oh, because they're brown. There's, a, there's a feeling that as people from countries like Uganda and stuff, they will come and they won't go home again. Despite wow. the fact that the people who've been giving these amazing travel awards are incredible people doing amazing things in their home countries and are coming to basically help, you know, share knowledge uh, and and they want to go back to their home countries to continue doing the amazing work they're doing. And it's just really sad that there seems to be nobody who's willing to listen. Like the, the humanist group have been spent so much money on lawyers trying to get lawyers to help with you know, all these visas and um, some of the decisions have been overturned, but why isn't this a others? bigger deal? So, not, I hadn't heard about this until you brought it up just now. Yeah. Why is this not in the, in the newspapers or? Oh, it has been in the news. Has it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not enough, yeah. I don't think. Well, we'll put so. the link and everyone can share the link and talk about it on Facebook and whatnot mm. and tag yeah. some government officials. I don't know. Just get it out there because fuck that bullshit. And is that the, the woman yeah. that's coming over to do a, a like a Nazi rally or something? I'm exaggerating. I'm, yeah, I'm exaggerating. Not anymore, but exactly that that was the kind of that was the thing that was really annoying. These two Canadians, white Canadians, get their visas even though they're coming to do horrible stuff, yeah. and then these other people who are not white Canadians basically don't get a visa, and they're coming to you know, and they and they're amazing people who do incredible yeah. things. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, and, and and even if they did get here, they would still have a right to claim asylum because of the beliefs they have that they are can be persecuted for in their home country. And I believe some of the speakers are people who have been persecuted right. because they're humanists. So that should not be a reason again for not letting them come because they would have a legitimate claim yeah. to asylum. Hmm. Anyway. Brown. Oh wow! Okay. Yes. 
really annoying. It is annoying. But yeah, we'll put the link up. Um, and yeah, 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 share that, share that with everybody. So, uh, what is Daniel from the Society for Science-Based Healthcare got forwarded an email reply from Acupuncture oh. NZ, um, which right. had an attach, uh, an old email still attached. Uh, I assume this is a, an accident, and that he wasn't supposed to see it. Technically, um, it's not incriminating necessarily, but it is interesting. Uh, should I just read the whole thing? It's not that long. It's quite long. It's, it's quite, <laughs> it is quite long, long, actually. I think you might have to it's summarize, summarize it. Some, so yeah. um, the email is from the Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine, oh, the New Zealand Register of Acupuncturists. And it's sent to, obviously it's sent to a, a particular acupuncturist. Um, it says, we've received another complaint from Daniel Ryan of the Society of Science-Based Healthcare against a number of practitioners that he claims are breaching the Medicines Act, which included your website. Um, uh, the complaint was discussed, and we do not intend to acquiesce to unjustified complaints from these sceptic groups. They've actually done us a big favour in trawling through our websites. The members included in the complaint have been contacted. Um, as you all know, we are working as a profession towards becoming registered under the Health Practitioners Competence Assurance Act, which is the legislation covering all regulated health professions in New Zealand, including doctors, nurses, physicians. As we move towards a regulation, we need to ensure that we are coming into line with all other professions in the way that we communicate and advertise our services. As such, the complaint can be used in a positive way, blah, 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 to review our own advertising material and future-proofing ourselves. So they're telling, they're advising everyone to do, uh, to read and understand the uh, guidelines, review the list of conditions that are most commonly complained about and see if they're listed on their website or advertising material. Uh, they say to... Uh, Describe the services and stick to statements of fact. Uh, and this is where we get and start getting into the weasel words. It is better to say people often seek acupuncture for headaches um, rather than acupuncture can treat headaches. Which actually, if you think about it, they're basically saying uh, by saying sticking to statements of fact, they're admitting that acupuncture can treat headaches is not a statement of fact. fact. It's not a fact. Um, if you do wish to talk about the effectiveness, you must ve reference valid research and where possible link to the re uh, to the reference. Uh, and they mention uh, one there, actually, which I didn't give anyone to look up. Um, so we can't check that, but we'll check it later, maybe. Um, as practitioners, we may not all be research literate and maybe citing poor, uh, and citing poor quality research can be to our detriment. Uh, and then he says, uh, a good current source to refer to is the Acupuncture Evidence Project, a comparative literature review, blah, 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 published in January by AACMA. Uh, the review contains a clear and concise overview for the current state of evidence in acupuncture. Uh, Susie's done some research, and she's going to talk about that in a second. But then they go on to say, um, basically, don't use testimonials, or if you do, um, use them to say things like professional service rather than um, she fixed my back pain. Uh, we all have different opinions about current evidence. Tighten up the way we talk about stuff, blah, blah, blah. Review your website and make some changes. So, Susie, 
Tell us about the CARA concise overview for the current state of evidence in acupuncture. Okay, hang on a second. I'm going to need to find it now because ah. I've got too many tabs open. Uh... Okay, so I um, looked this up. But actually, what I found, even better than reading it myself, <laughs> was to find um, Edzard Ernst. Um, he's written a blog post about it. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I will give you the title of the post. <laughs> a new comprehensive review of acupuncture turns out to be an orgy in wishful thinking. Nice. <laughs> So <laughs> I think we can see where this is going. I mean, he basically says that um, they've – so it's a systematic review, but they've included trials in the review that shouldn't have been included, for example, non-randomized and stuff. So it's been – it's also um, – it was done by people from the Australian Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine Association um, and so basically there's a uh, there's a sort of slight conflict of interest, which um, I think they don't properly mention. Yeah, the authors don't mention that they earn their livelihoods through acupuncture. Okay. Um, they are, um, they basically include um, articles that shouldn't be or, or um, studies that shouldn't be included. Um, and what do they say? Um, so it includes other systematic reviews that have not reported an assessment of quality of the evidence of the trials they include. And due to time constraints, they've not attempted to make an assessment either. So basically they're using systematic reviews that don't talk about quality of evidence, which is what a systematic review is supposed to do but they're going to use them anyway and they don't have time to look at the evidence either. So it all, as he says... As we don't have time question. to look at the evidence. We're too busy writing a report about the current state of evidence. Yes, to actually wow. look at that evidence properly. Yeah. Oh, and... But... And, and wait, 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 wait. Uh, as of December, it hadn't actually been published in a journal. Ah, so it hasn't right. been peer-reviewed. So they've done a systematic review... Quote, well, unquote. No, sorry, I lie. They've done a comparative yes. literature review, which is not the same thing, which they're kind of putting up as being a uh, – they're, they're putting it up as though it was a proper review. It's not. Yeah. Um, so they've, they've basically just needed to produce some research that shows that acupuncture works, and so they've done whatever they need to do in order to have something that they can point at, even though it's not yeah. really valid research. Yes. <laughs> But they can say, look, it looks like a research thing. It's kind of cynical, really. Uh, and also, I guess, the reason they can do that is because the people who are on it are all people, experts in inverted commas, um, who are um, at various uh, institutions, academic institutions. And so they kind of provide that um, yeah. that veneer, veneer. Of, yeah. of respectability, which it would appear it does I'd not see. deserve. So you give us a link there you go. to um, Ed's Ardent's article, and we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, um, I'll do that. And you can tell us all about that. So <clears throat> it's now time, I want to say, for Delius Dubious Device. <laughs> he says, you've changed I've your changed mind. I've changed my mind. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a new. I was bought okay. border devices. I'm going to do. Are you ready for it? Yep. I will write it down. Then you can announce it. Uh, if I can spell it. 
<laughs> okay, I go. take it back, everyone. It's now time for Susie's Suspicious Supplements. Ta-da! Ta-da! New segment in the show. How exciting. <laughs> Mark the date in your calendar. Okay, you were hang here on a second. when this happened. <laughs> all right, hang do on. All, got... Do all segment titles have to be alliterative? Yeah. Yeah. Mine do. Uh, Susie's do. <laughs> yeah. um, hang on a second. Give me a moment to find the thing. I've got so many damn tabs open. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Okay, so the... Uh, the supplement I want to talk about today is dun dun dun, deer velvet. Oh, okay. I think hmm. we've talked about that before, okay. have we? Ages ago. Have we? Uh, ages okay, ago. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about it today. Yeah. So, deer velvet is uh, this is a um, fifty dollars for a hundred capsules. It's sourced from rich AB grade deer antler from South Island Farms in New Zealand and laboratory tested. I don't know what for. Anyway, so the claim is the velvet has a wide variety of nutrients, including growth factors, collagen, amino acids, lipids, uh, some other things, uh, making it a supplement that can help the body restore and strengthen itself. Um, Then, New Zealand pure health deer velvet is suitable for improving immune system support, improving athletic performance and strength, improving muscle recovery after exercise, it is an excellent natural supplement for women's health. It provides vitality and anti-aging properties. It's a natural supplement for bodybuilding and weight training. It is a superior source of growth factors. It enhances sexual function for both men and women and a natural supplement for arthritis. At least two of okay. those were actual claims. Claims, indeed. I would say the um, enhances sexual function yes. is a claim. Yep. Um. What else? What is what is the function of sex? Uh-huh. Well, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> so the really cool thing about being a medical researcher and knowing about this database called PubMed, which I think we have talked about before. Yeah. But anyway, so I went on to PubMed as soon as I saw that. And I started with uh, the bottom claim, which is the last claim, which is the natural supplement for arthritis. Um, and I also looked at the sexual function one so what i did was i put in the search terms what did i do i did something like deer and velvet and arthritis um and i got a uh, not many studies but the one study i did get was um from the new New zealand medical journal in fact who are these people i just have to find these people uh by some people in at in the college of business at massey university okay Hmm. um and they did a, a systematic review of randomized controlled trials on the health benefits of deer and elk velvet antler supplements. This was published in 2012. Um, they looked at a whole bunch of databases like PubMed and various other ones. They identified seven um, randomized controlled trials uh, that satisfied their inclusion for uh, being um, included in their thing. Uh, it included claims for rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, sexual function, and sporting performance enhancement. Um, so they uh, basically, two of the trials reported a positive effect, but they say neither were convincing, and the remaining five found no effect. So basically, the claims do not appear to be based on any rigorous human <laughs> data. That's from 2012. Um so I also looked up deer and velvet and sexual function 
And the first hit is a quite recent paper, 2016, The Effects of Velvet Antler Polypeptide on Sexual Behavior and Testosterone Synthesis in Aging Male Mice. And I thought, okay, that's really interesting. And uh, basically they conclude that this... um, that the velvet antler polypeptide, so I guess what they're saying is this is one component of the velvet antler stuff. Um, they conclude that it did have an effect on improving sexual function in aging male mice. So I went a- ahead and had a look at the paper. And oh huh. my God, is this bad science? Oh, <laughs> I have to do, I, I all I've done is looked at the graphs for which they've got some fantastic statistics that look utterly meaningless um so all the everything looks the same they have um so they looked at testosterone production but then they also looked at are you ready for this mount frequency intromission <laughs> latency i actually don't know what intromission latency okay. is uh, and ejaculation latency i know what that is um they also had what was this copulatory efficient <laughs> efficacy <laughs> So how efficient well, they were, uh, uh, how, no, okay. how efficacious they were at copulating. Anyway, so they they have they had mice that were um, basically so they were orally given this particular polypeptide. Um, they were either not given it, or they were given 100 milligrams per kilogram, 200 milligrams per kilogram, or 300 milligrams per kilogram. Um, and then they basically measured all these things. And if you look at the graphs, they all look identical. But some of them have got some little stars on saying that these ones are statistically different from the ones that were the controls. I honestly don't know how they've done that. It'll be kind of interesting. They've done a bit of, we're going to do every statistical test we can and find the one that says it's true. Or, or so P-hacking. P-hacking. Um but yeah, so based on this study, okay. <laughs> it looks like bullshit, <laughs> which would back up the uh, the earlier study that was done in humans that showed there was no effect. So um, there you go. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I like the idea of going and finding the studies and figuring out whether it really has uh, any effect. But um, I don't know how many they say to take. So they come in 500 milligram capsules. If you think about what they were giving to the mice, uh, 500 milligrams per kilogram. So if that was the same dose that we gave to humans, yeah, that would a suggest of... a 70 kg person would need to eat to have 70 capsules, I guess. But you just said they yes. come in packs of 50, didn't you? <laughs> 100. So, <laughs> so you'd be taking, you'd be taking like half of, more Three than half of a, every time. a thing a day. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, it all looks like utter bullshit. Well, but by I, the time you took by the time you took seventy capsules, that might affect your sexual efficacy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And of course, the capsule has a whole bunch of other stuff in it, right? So yes. it's not even just this one. Right. So anyway, I just thought this was kind of interesting. This little this this uh, this stuff of ejaculation latency and mount frequency, um, and they don't look any different to me. But Love apparently. It. By the yeah. power of statistical testing, they have yeah. found a difference in at least one <laughs> of the groups. <laughs> and it's bullshit. Anyway, so I call bullshit. All right. I uh, believe you. Uh, on that, uh, I don't recommend anyone spends $50 on uh, deer velvet capsules. Or anything, perhaps. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, if you got them for free, maybe? Is there any harm? Well, who knows? Well, who knows? Um, it could well be harm. I would suggest you just don't bother. Don't bother. Good. Indeed. All right. Oh, there's a cautions button. Oh, oh no, it just says if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, 
check your with your health professional first. I would yeah. hope your health professional would go, nah, don't bother. Yeah, don't. Mm. Okay. All right, that's our new new segment, everybody. Let us know what you think. <laughs> Post in the comments below. Uh, today's word of the day is kerosene. Kerosene? kerosene. Not the kerosene you're thinking of. As in... Ah. Uh, are you going to spell it for us? I have pasted it in the word of the day. I'll spell it for everybody else. K-E-R-A-S-I-N-E. Kerosene. Kerosene. And, and, well. and, and, before anyone says anything, shut up. Okay. Uh, Craig is high. So Susie goes first. <laughs> what? I just rolled a die. Oh. Okay. oh you, you were, okay. you were I'm not literally high. You were four through six. And Susie was one through three. So Susie oh, gets to okay. go first. I think that's oh, actually okay. what happened last time, was it? But yeah. Uh, I think this has got something to do with hair. All right. But that's all something I'm going to do with hair. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, uh, that was what I was thinking too. Uh-huh. Okay. As in keratin. Yeah. So kerosene means perhaps hair-like. Mm. Hair. And Craig, you're saying hair-like? Hair-like, yes. Are we um, anywhere close? Well, I don't know if I want to tell you straight away. I want to tell you what it means first. Kerosene means horny. Made of horn. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. uh-huh. So, because of that, you guys get a half a point. And I should say, Susie gets a half a point. I'm going to give Craig 75% of a point. <laughs> because he was more accurate. Okay. Awesome. That was a good... I'm going to get a zero. I think it's the first time I've actually beaten Susie. No. I'm usually really bad uh, at this. It must have been something uh, somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, okay. In fact, I can tell you, um, Galactometer, oh no, that was a different one. Killing a cat, you got killing a cat, (laughs) fell aside, Susie didn't. (laughs) Well, that was easy. Yeah, I guess. Susie got a zero. Well, that's because probably he said it first, right? Oh, right, yeah. So so when you talk about kerosene as in horny, are we talking about um, sexual function here or... Um... No, but <laughs> something to do with I've just realised it is because it's something that's made of horn. Right. Or, or you know, or uh, horn, horn type material. So it actually relates to your, um, your uh, suspicious yes. supplement very nicely. Yes. It is, of course, from the Greek kiras, which means horn. Kiras, yeah. Kiras. Okay. Yeah. I should do some pronunciation on these before I do Right. Them. That was my word of the day. And, yep. And kerosene is a fuel. Yes, it is. And spelt differently. Very yes. differently. Uh, Craig, have you got a quote for us? I do. I like it this one. It takes me ages to find quotes. I like this one. <laughs> but anyway, here we go. Susie won't like it. I, oft- I often compare open source to science to where science took this whole notion of developing ideas in the open and improving on other people's ideas and making it into what science is today and the incredible advances that we have had. And I compare that to witchcraft and alchemy where openness was something you didn't do. Mm. That is by Linus Torvalds, who is the adventurer of Linux. Cool. The operating system, which some people have probably yes. heard of. Yes. Fantastic. Super. And that's it. That's don't, all we have. Don't disappoint me, though, by having another man next month. 
You, yeah, you've no, had he'll... your you've had your man quota for the year. Now yep. you need to go back to finding. Oh, someone it's Linus a guy. Yeah. Yes, Linus is a guy. Have you not seen Linus? <laughs> oh, okay. Craig's being facetious, everyone. Uh, yes. <laughs> you only get away with that once. I, th- I think I think we should swap this around a bit, and I think Nathan should find quotes from now on. No, I'm quite good with the word of the day, actually. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll all try and find some quotes and we'll send them to you. In fact, I'm pretty sure yes, I have please. Yes, in please. the past. And, of course, if you have any good quotes, listeners, send them in, uh, and I'll tell you how to do that right now. So you've been listening to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. If you'd like to send us suggestions or feedback, send us a message on Facebook or check out our website, thecusp.org.nz. Yeah.